0: The Midday Report.
1: I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground.
0: The Midday Report.
1: Uh, so we're going to uh, start with uh, that story coming out of Bloemfontein. Six people charged with aiding and abetting the convicted rapist and murderer, Thabo Besta, appearing in court today. Nandipa Magudamana appearing in court. Uh, you may have seen the visuals so far. Uh, had a lot of commentary about the fact that Nandipa looks, how should I put this, um, very well groomed today, uh, starting a conversation around uh, what kind of grooming exists within correctional services. Uh, Her hair has been done, uh, full face of makeup, uh, red lipstick. So she does uh, look very well put together today. Not that the aesthetic necessarily matters. uh, But she was supposed to bring a bail application today. That did not happen. It has been postponed. So they're not abandoning the bail application. They are merely rolling it over until the 16th of May. Have a listen to what happened in court a bit earlier on.
2: Mrs. Magudumana, your case is hereby remanded until the 16th day of May 2023 it is for the purposes of investigations you will remain in custody until then thank you
1: so that was Nandipa Magudamana, a brief appearance in court today that matter has now been rolled over. Arun Singh, EWN reporter in court for us. Arun, good afternoon to you. Um, firstly, there was an issue around whether or not the media was going to be allowed in today, whether it could be broadcast. What happened with that?
3: Absolutely, Mandy. Yeah, so there were some technicalities around that and the media not being able to film certain aspects of court proceedings today. Um, we, we heard yesterday when we attended another court matter from the chief magistrate who told us that we wouldn't be allowed to film um, any witnesses who took the stand. Now, we know that the, the state is expected to call a number of witnesses to the stand today to provide evidence, and this is in strengthening their, their case to oppose bail against, well, now the five accused, as, um, as you correctly pointed out, that Dr. Nandipa Magudumane, her, her bail application has been reserved to a later date. It's not necessarily the 16th that she's going to be applying for bail. Uh, her attorney, uh, Franz Klamini, did make it clear that her right is, uh, for bail is reserved at any point during proceedings. And we know that all eight accused, including Thabo will appear on um, Tuesday the 16th. So her case is basically being postponed to the 16th, but she will not be applying for bail necessarily on the day. And this was due to her attorney saying that crucial evidence had surfaced, and they had then made the decision not to make an uh, application for bail today.
1: Any indication what that crucial evidence may be?
3: Well, we, ha- we haven't A clue quite yet, Mandy, and uh, hopefully we will be able to to get a little bit more out once uh, certain witnesses do appear. Uh, We're not quite sure whether those witnesses will speak on any evidence regarding Dr. Nandipa Mazadumana, or rather just the five former G4S employees His bail application is currently underway in court right now.
1: Uh, Oren, I did uh, mention the fact, and this seems to be getting a a lot of traction on social media the fact that Nandipa Maguramana today did not have her face covered. She had a full face of makeup, Uh, her lipstick was done. Um, How how did she appear in court today? She did seem quite calm to me.
3: (laughs) That's very correct. You know, Nandi, as a doctor in aesthetics, You know, it's it's right for her to to look that way, I think. But like you pointed out earlier, you know, um, she she is incarcerated. she is being detained at the moment, but she came out with a full face of makeup, uh, red lipstick, which we hadn't seen before, obviously trying to make a point of her appearance. Um, That was quite, you know, out there in terms of the red lipstick, but she was very well put together, as we've seen in her previous appearances. During her last appearance, she did look well, quite well put together as well. And we know that her first appearance, she came with a hoodie on and a mask as well. She was ordered to remove that uh, later in proceedings.
1: Oren Singh, thank you very much. Oren Singh, EWN reporter in court for us in Bloemfontein. Does it matter? Does the aesthetic matter? Uh, considering that she is an aesthetics doctor, uh, people are interested In how she looks, uh, there's a conversation around uh, whether or not this is uh, something that should be happening within correctional services or not. Is it something that we shouldn't even be discussing today? Is it irrelevant? Be it as it may, Dr. Nandipa Magudamana appearing in court today. She was supposed to bring a bail application. That matter has now been rolled over to the 16th of May. A lawyer saying that uh, new evidence has emerged. We don't know what that new evidence is, that material that has come to light, which needs to be ventilated.
0: The Midday Report.
1: Well, let's stay in the courts now with the Senzo Miyiwa trial. Mtoko Zisi Twala, Miyiwa's close friend, back on the witness stand for cross-examination today. Uh, so remember, the various accused advocates have an opportunity to cross-examine the witness. So it's the third defense lawyer that has been cross-examining today. Advocate Charles Mnisi, the lawyer for accused number three. Mtobisi Mube, cross-examinating, uh, cross-examinating about, uh, about previous te- testimony relating to Kelly Kumalo. Have a listen.
4: And further on, the state will still call Ukeli herself. And she'll come and tell this court, when are with Kelly. This is what Kelly would come and tell this court. Kelly would come and tell this court that in the heat of what was happening there, she saw her mom struggling with a second suspect. Yes. Okay, is is that how you saw it as well? Thank you. Okay. What I spoke of uh, what I saw is that which I said, I would then not say what she's what she saw, she would come herself and uh, say it in court. And further on, Kelly would come and tell this court that Senzo Ntogo meaning yourself and Mr. Madana would be struggling with the gunman. <laughs> Is this how it happened? To me, it didn't happen like that. I've already uh, mentioned or told the court as to how it happened, but she will come and say it herself in court.
1: Advocate Charles Mnisi, the lawyer for Accused number 3, and Tobisi examines cross-examining uh, the witness about Kelly Kumalo's testimony. Gamoto Modise, EWN reporter in court for us. Gamoto, uh, pick up there uh, where that audio left off. So obviously different versions being presented to the court about what actually happened in the house with the intruders. That's right. Good that
5: afternoon, Mandy. So, of course, what we knew from Tobacco Magala was that um, two intruders entered the house a taller intruder and a shorter intruder, the shorter one we understand to be the one who has the firearm. But what we heard from Majala before, that's the witness you testified before um, uh, the current witness, is that she said that Senzo Neiwa was holding up the taller witness against the wall, beating him while the shorter witness was being uh, beaten by Zandi Kumalo and the mother with crutches. Um, but now today, and actually from last week, we've been hearing from the witnesses currently on the stand that Sen the mother, Kelly Kumalo's mother, Cheney Kumalo, as well as Zandi, were all beating one witness, and that is the gunman. And so Advocate Child has really been, you know, staying on that point, pointing out how not only does Cheney Mazala, but also Kelly Kumalo and Longway, in their statements, also corroborate what you noticed know, saying that there was a taller witness and as a taller intruder, and that taller intruder is the one that Sendo was beating up. Of course, there's clear contradictions in those versions. The question that's being asked is, which uh, intruder was Sendo be- beating, and which intruder did Kelly's uh, mother and Zandi uh, start assaulting as well with the crutches? Today, we heard um, the witness that is currently on the stand, that is, saying that he can see the contradictions, He's conceded that it's clear that their versions are not the same. He's even gone as far as amending his version from time to time, Mandy. At some point, he lowered his voice and he said, actually, the second witness, the second intruder was there. And once the interpreter um, you know, took a break, he needed to drink some water. The interpreter asked him to repeat it. And then he changed the statement again, swinging from one version to another. Mm-hmm say no, he doesn't remember to see doesn't remember seeing the second intruder. So it's been very interesting today here in court as he's impressed by Macy on which intruder was where and who was beating which intruder at what point. Of course the state advocate George Baroni wouldn't allow this to continue. He stood up to object and he said it's not fair that the defense is questioning uh, Twala on an event that happened at a different time to that which Jumala Magala was speaking about. But I can tell you, Mandy, that this is exactly the same time. That is the point where there was that fight or scuffle or wrestle in the kitchen, mm. according to all the
1: people that were in the house. Fumoto, thank you. Fumoto Modisa, EWN reporter. So where then does that leave the credibility of Mtoko Zisi Tuala, who uh, is the, the witness currently on the stand? Well, let's have a listen in to what's happening right now in the Senzo Miyua trial, uh, with Tuala still under cross-examination, and the sound is courtesy of the SABC.
4: What I said was that the words cell phones and money are English words, but the person who uttered those words was not a white person. And that's when we refer to the word Zulu, mainly towards isiZulu. And then that's when I then said that the person who uttered those words is a Zulu uh, speaking person, but more towards a, a Zulu. No, we are not understanding where I'm coming from. The background of the questions I'm posing to you. Maybe I must repeat this. The person you are referring to was saying these words in English. Is that what you are saying? Ah uh, yes, the words were uttered they were said in English, but according to how uh how we it from dog, but according to how they take it from other witnesses say, my God, the accent of the person you could hear that this person is Zulu
1: As you can hear them to see sends on you close friend under cross-examination.
0: The midday report.
1: Okay, technical gremlin's still with us, so we're going to move on and stay in the courts, actually, uh, because we're going to go to the case that we were covering yesterday in the Alice Magistrates Court. And that is, um, the accused who are currently appearing in court relating to those various murders relating to Fort Hare University. And it's emerged that, uh, a bounty of five million rand was up for stakes for whoever killed the University of Forte Vice Chancellor, Professor Sakela uh, so that is all uh, appearing at the moment in the Alice Magistrates Court. Siposetu Boy, Newsroom Africa reporter, is in the Alice Magistrates Court. Siposetu, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. Load shedding has delayed the start there. What are we expecting to happen today?
5: Well, good afternoon to you, Mandy, and to the rest of the to listeners. And you're quite correct, but the magistrate court that we are currently in, it was moved from, and you remember, because of the capacity of that particular court, it was too small to accommodate the number of people uh, that were actually going to be um, attending to the court proceedings. So we are in divisor currently. So because of load shedding, we are now currently waiting to hear uh, the third accused in of Mr. Um, Wanini Kusa. his lawyer will take to the stand today to give his uh, oral evidence, uh, evidence or testimony with regards to why he should uh, be uh, let out on bail. Of course, yesterday we heard uh, accused number uh, two, uh, Mr. Olombula accused number four, uh, which is um, in as well as um, Toby C. Uh, Camille. all of them uh, stated their acts in terms of why they feel they are eligible for bail and of course the prosecutor saying that uh, whether they are inside or outside it will make no difference especially to Mr. Um, Toby C. or Camille rather who kept emphasizing the fact that he has five children two are still on the way two of his girlfriends are currently pregnant while three um, of them are still waiting for him to come home because he's a full grade winner at home. So today we're expecting Mr. Wanini Koover's attorney to read out his oral evidence today to the court and state why he should also be eligible for bail pending.
1: What, what have we learned in court this week about the hit list that apparently existed around Forte University? Uh, I understand a hit list with names and photographs of 13 university officials, including the VC, Buklungu, and his deputy. Uh, this is all part of the state's uh, evidence that's been submitted.
5: So that's quite correct, Mandy, and uh, from what we understand also is the fact that Mungani Kuta, Stolombola, accused number two and accused number three Wanili Kruza, these are all uh, people that used to work for the institution and um, basically they're the ones that hired accused number four and number five um Tumisi and Tumisi Kainili. But unfortunately, Mr One. Um, uh, it was not part of the list because um, Bongani Peter accused number one was supposed to have uh, reeled him in to join their three group, like I mentioned, the three members that worked at, uh, rather employees that worked at the University of Fortes. So upon him declining uh, that particular invite to join their group, then he was added to the list. We heard that a few million was for the first person to be killed. Uh, but. No names were divulged as far as who these people, uh, according to the list uh, they were. However, Mm -hmm. we heard that Petrus roots 350,000 rand. Because we're in court today and this matter uh, has been raised by the state one would actually believe that uh, that amount of money was paid to accuse number four and five to to, to kill Mr. Roots, because so. today is not all. And of course, five million rands was going to be paid for someone who killed the VC bushungu So that is exactly what we're hearing. And what we also understand, Mandy, from this particular case is that Mr. Peter as well, as well as Mr. Uh, Mulawa and Wanini were attacked. And of course, Bongani Peter, accused number one was the one that, Stated that Kalumbula, accused number two, higher and actually looked hmm. for equipment uh accused number four and five. Uh, those orders came from him in particular, right. and the specific vehicle was um, was 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 hijacked and it's robbed, and it's one of the three cars that was used by accused number four and five to actually track and trace the whereabouts of Mr. Ruth and of sure. so that jeep, that particular jeep vehicle that uh, was just coming up in the state's um, evidence yesterday uh, is the same chief that was seen in a footage where uh, Mr. Mollin was having a conversation with Mr. Jabouli, uh, um, which is Toby Survivor, either number four and five. As they were having a conversation, he actually, uh, he let his guard down because uh, these two appeared to have been getting lost and because of the language they were speaking, they Zulu speaking people, so he probably thought these are people mm. that actually were, were getting lost and that's how she was assassinated, because she was okay. shot there. And we also understand that his firearm was with him when
1: he passed away, Maggie. Super thank you so much. Super Seto Boy, newsroom Africa reporter in court there where those five people are appearing in connection with uh, the, the, the shootings, the murders in Forte University. Isn't it remarkable that the cost of life, 350,000 rand for for one person to be killed, but for another person, it's 5 million rand. How do you determine what the bounty is on someone's head?
0: The Midday Report.
1: I've been watching on uh, Newsroom Africa they have been showing uh, the N4 highway in Imala Khleni where uh, residents have been blocking the highway, they've been throwing rocks to each other, they've been putting them across the road um, and they're blocking that very busy highway um, and that is because of dissatisfaction with the power situation a substation caught fire after it exploded in Kwa in the early hours of this morning emergency officials are on the scene uh, it's uh, understood that uh, people were evacuated earlier, William and Clyde is the Kuruleni EMS spokesperson William. Good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. What happened in this incident with the substation in Kwartema?
2: Uh Good afternoon. Um, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, yes, uh, uh, one can confirm that now a substation uh, caught alight in the morning. Uh, uh, we received a call around about uh, four thirty. Uh, after the security guard activated us, uh, local firefighters uh, from Quatema assisted by springs and the surrounding other fire stations, responded swiftly to the scene. And on arrival, they found a panel house uh, being well alight. Uh, and apparently it was due to the effect of uh, the power, which was off from 12 o'clock towards 4 o'clock. And when the power was reinstated at 4 o'clock, that's when the explosion took place. So we managed to contain the fire and extinguish it and save uh, one of the transformers but uh, there was an extensive damage on the structure itself. So fortunately, there wasn't any casualties uh, at the time, and uh, we managed to to extinguish the entire place and hand it over to electrical and electrician technicians for further investigations.
1: Okay, I know that this isn't your your domain, William, but uh, is the situation still that large areas are without power then as a result of what happened?
2: Yes, uh, when we, we also uh, engaged with the electricians on site, they mentioned that now uh, basically the, the, the bigger part of uh, Quatama and other surrounding areas like Selcote, uh they're basically out of power, as we speak. So uh, up until they do what you call investigation and uh, reconnection or re-energizing of uh, those panels, so that means the community will stay and uh, the, or the substation will stay without uh, any, any power.
1: I've also been watching the, the N4 highway. It looks like uh, that's been disrupted. Is that something that EMS is, is watching or is that uh, EMPD uh, that are keeping an eye on that?
2: Yeah, in terms of uh, maybe uh, the, the, the riot, if I can say that, uh, it becomes the, the domain of uh, the EMPD.
1: William, thank you so much. William and Claudia, Kuruleni EMS spokesperson, explaining to us what happened with that substation that caught fire in the early hours of this morning in Aquatema, as I mentioned. Uh, that means that residents are now without power um, and they're not going to get power for for a while uh, because of what happened. So there are protests taking place on the N4 Highway. We are trying to get in touch with the EMPD just to get a sense of what the situation is uh, out there in the Emalahleni uh, area. The
0: Midday Report.
1: Uh, let's have a look at the situation at the Cape Peninsula University because, uh, according to reports, operations have now been postponed. Protests happening there by students, reports that buildings have been torched, cars were set alight overnight as well at the Belleville campus, which means that the institution is closed All of its campuses indefinitely, uh, all operations ceasing with immediate effect this morning. The university issuing a directive for all residents to be vacated by tomorrow afternoon. Melikaya Zagagana, EWN reporter, is following the story for us. Melikaya, good afternoon to you. What is at the heart of this? What are the students saying about why these protests are taking place?
6: Well, according to the students, Mandy, this started on Monday evening. Uh, where an announcement by NSF was made at the beginning of this year um, that students that are um, doing courses that are less than 60 credits um, will not be funded for a living allowance, um, accommodation, and also personal care. They will only get um, the the study material allowances.
1: So what has happened overnight now? As I mentioned, there are reports that cars have been set to light, buildings have been torched. What is the latest that we know?
6: Um, At the moment, the institution has been closed, um, according to the management. Uh, The the academic program has been stopped uh, until further notice. The students have been ordered to leave um, the the premises um, by tomorrow, which is those that are living in the, in the institution's residences must mm-hmm. leave by tomorrow at 4 p.m. So currently there is a meeting that is going on between the university management and the SRC uh, to actually find a way forward to the situation.
1: Does it seem like they, they do have a way forward at this stage, or is this an indefinite closure by the university? As you mentioned, uh, the residences need to be vacated by tomorrow afternoon um, at the various campuses. So is, is there an attempt to, um, you know, is this indefinite, or are they going to be able to remedy it?
6: Well, the university says because the students have been um, have, have engaged in violent acts, which is damaging the property um, and the premises. So what they have decided now is to ensure that there will be no students. While there are discussions that are going on to solve the situation, there will be no students that are within the campuses because, because of the damages that have been done, which is they have also uh, taught a student recreational center and also a cleaning supply room um, in the two campuses of Wellington and, and, and Belza. So the institution now has, because the the situation has affected all campuses, so now they have decided to close it down until further notice uh, while they are still discussing a way forward. This is a situation that we have also seen with Nelson Mandela Mm. University in March. Um, um, After 400 students were actually affected as well, but the university has said that we are appealing the situation um, NSF cannot mm. just drop, drop the students at, at such a short
1: notice. Melikaya, thank you so much. Melikaya Zagagana, EWN reporter, with the latest there from the Cape Peninsula University protests.
0: The Midday Report.
1: It is Thursday, and on Thursdays in the Midday Report, we speak to the author of a local non fiction book. And, um, this is a, a really, really special book and, and a book that, uh, uh that I've Absolutely loved reading. It's called I Am Ella. It's a remarkable story of survival from Auschwitz to Africa. It's the story of Ella Blumenthal. And Ella is 103 years old. She is, she's dynamite. She's charismatic. She's funny. She has this incredible zest for life. And the book is about her story of surviving the Holocaust, of building a new life in South Africa, from the ashes of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising to Majdanek to Bergen Belsen to Auschwitz. Um, and and just the story about how she's been able to turn this into an incredible opportunity for education. Uh, Ella spends a lot of her time and has spent a lot of her time educating uh, younger generations about the Holocaust and what happened. So um, I was privileged to to um, host the Johannesburg launch of this book. Ella couldn't come to Joburg for it. So when I was in Cape Town recently, I went to go visit Ella at her daughter's home in Camps Bay and uh, recorded this brief little chat with her. Have a listen. What what do you think that your story is in your book?
7: I think she's captured it exceptionally clear and exactly what's been happening to me. So...
1: And why did you want to write a book?
7: I wanted the future generations uh, as well as the present generation... To know what has been happening in the world, and that I, a, a lit, lit, not a little girl, a, a, a girl from Warsaw, Praga, survived the, the ghetto, and then afterwards, uh, my my Danek, and 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 then Auschwitz, which was. Mm. Oh, I've forgotten to mention that in my Danek, I nearly lost my life mm. because the Nazis had ordered me and a few other girls into the uh, washroom. And when we got there, it wasn't a bathhouse, it was a gas chamber. And I came out alive afterwards. I won't, I'm not going to tell you now the details, but I came out alive. And I'm still, thank God, here sitting to tell you my story. Allons, enfants, de la patrie, les jours de gloire est Contre nous de la tyrannie, les sanglants, I, I'm not going to finish. I, 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 I'm going to to let my wonderful friends to speak for
1: me. Well, that's, uh, that's Ella Blumenthal. And she's so special. She really is uh, vivacious. And she has let her wonderful friends speak for her. Joanne Jowell is the author of this book, I Am Ella. And she joins us now, Joanne. A pleasure to have you on the Madeira Report. Um Ella in in very much is a, a special soul. Um why did you feel that this was a story that need to be needed to be captured in a book? I, you're
8: 100% right. She is a special soul. And although we thankfully have many <clears throat> Holocaust memoirs and stories of, of history that we that we can hopefully read and learn from, Ella herself is unique. She has a unique outlook on life. She has a wonderful way of expression. She has raised an unusual family. Um, she's been so involved in Holocaust education. And, and, and I personally, and I think you will, will feel the same, really felt the immense privilege of having been able to to meet her, to spend time with her um, in her capacity as a real life living, breathing legend as a survivor of the Holocaust. And I think that experience and that opportunity to meet a survivor, to feel like you know them, to feel that you have spent time in their company is, is, is an experience that I would love others to be able to have. And so that's really why the book. So that's, if you read it, you will feel that you too stood in the presence of this greatness, that you too got to know a real life superheroine, a survivor of the Holocaust um, and you get that kind of intimate portrayal and a feeling as if you've you've actually had sat and had tea and biscuits with someone who, who can t-
1: teach you so much. And it really does feel like that from reading the book, that you are sitting and having tea and biscuits uh, with Ella in her flat in Seapoint. Uh, you, yeah. you, you speak in the book and Ella speaks uh, so profoundly about the importance of educating future generations and that the story continues uh, for posterity. What do you you hope to achieve with this book? And and what is Ella's hope for it as well? Ella's message
8: you know these days is very much one about tolerance about understanding um, absolute you know abhorrence for the taking up of arms feeling that people need to learn to talk we need to learn to sit down with one another and to understand more about our similarities and our differences and that's really where she where she sits these days not deep in the trauma of what happened to her but in taking the less those lessons and how she herself responded to it and helping others come to terms in that way and I think, you know, there is so much, although the the book does include interviews with her daughter, who's then second generation survivor, and then her granddaughter, who is Third generation, and those voices to me are really so important because they are they are yours and mine. They are our children's. They are ways for us who were not there during the time of the war um, to really understand and engage, and and really spread the word of tolerance and, and and understanding that Ella so badly wants to to get out there, and and really that the world should not forget should not forget what happened to to six million Jews and 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 millions of others in in the trauma of the, the Second World War, um, and that we can take the lessons forward to, to younger generations who I really do hope read this book, um, and if not then themselves and ha- perhaps their parents read it to them, um, and then feel themselves that they've met a met a survivor.
1: And that really is the power of Ella's positive outlook, the fact that she doesn't wallow uh, in what happened to her, but that she, she is so positive, she's so vivacious, um, mm-hmm. she she is so uh, in, in love with life, and, and that really comes across, Yeah. Jo?
8: It really does I mean she there's, there's, there's a line from the book that I think people so so hold on and remember where um, where she's where her great granddaughter talks about the fact that Ella never sleeps with her curtains closed she sleeps with her curtains open so that she can see the sh- sunshine every day because she's so grateful for every single day that she has you know living and on earth and you know at the end of the day she's a really mischievous naughty <laughs> funny human being <laughs> who's who's vivacious infectious vivacious i think has been a, a mark of her personality since she was a little girl yeah. and which she's never lost and so so when people do meet her and encounter her including through the book um they are so surprised by the amount of joy and life that exudes from this woman and from the story which you know at face value you expect to be be a traumatic Holocaust story and you realize that the vast majority of the story mm. is really one about how to live life, how to embrace it, how, how to laugh at it um, and how to make the most of it
1: of and, every single day when your curtains open. And we could all do a bit more of that. Joe. thank you so much. Joanne Giles, the author of the book. It is called I Am Ella. It's a remarkable story of survival from Auschwitz to Africa.
0: The Midday Report.
1: That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website, 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener.
2: Latest news,
3: breaking stories.
0: Expert analysis.
3: All you need to know.
0: This is the Midday Report.